What's up, y'all? This is the Ebb and Flow Podcast. I am Evan Britton. It's great to be with you guys. Have an excellent episode with you. Great conversation with my brother, Stephen Smith, from Onda Wellness. Onda produces some of the highest quality hemp products on the planet. Not only that, but they source regeneratively, regenerative farmed hemp and use that in everything they do. They've got tinctures, capsules, they've got a body bomb. It's fantastic stuff. Highly recommend it. You can use code EBBINFLOW at checkout at ondawellness.com. I highly recommend it. They're a solid sleep product, one of the best sleep tinctures I've ever taken. They've got adios anxiety, which is super calming. You suffer, suffer from anxiety like I do. This stuff has definitely been a game changer for me. Uh, this conversation was awesome. We talk about regenerative farming, sustainable living, regenerative living. We talk about how to change our practices and the actions we take to shift the trajectory of our lives and hopefully that of humanity and the, the health and well-being of our planet. It was a really good conversation, something that I'm really fascinated and fascinated about. Um, that being said, this episode brought to you by new fit, new fit, state of the art technology using electrical currents to stimulate the nervous system, quicken healing times, quicken recovery of injured muscles, build strength, optimizes the total functioning of your, of your entire body your musculature, your nervous system, your organ function, cognitive function, all of it. It's really a profound technology. Check out the link in the show notes. You can use code EBBINFLOW there. Head to new.fit forward slash EBBINFLOW. That's N-E-U dot fit, F-I-T forward slash EBBINFLOW. Check that out. Really grateful to those guys for their support of this podcast. Also, our friends at Quicksilver Scientific, Dr. Chris Shade and company. Love those guys. They're absolutely family. Some of my favorite products on the planet, NanoFuel. It's like ancient adaptogenic Adderall. Nothing quite like it to stimulate cognitive function, for focus, for getting you into the flow. It's all liposomal delivery, highly bioavailable, ginseng, astragalus, all the good stuff. Highly recommend it. Use code EBBINFLOW at checkout quicksilverscientific.com. That link is also in the show notes. Other than that, enjoy this episode. Lots of love, y'all. Peace. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source the key of imagination your admission access to the enlightened dimension a gateway at the junction of darkness and light the place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux only to be mastered through vigilant discipline peaceful times may come testing times may go this is the ebb and flow dude it's excellent to have you here man thanks for having me 
Absolutely, man. Um, this is something, your whole realm is something that I'm really interested in. And it seems to me, I've attempted to have this conversation multiple times around regenerative farming, what that is. Um, because it appears to me that in the world that we live in, as far as something that we can get our decision-making behind, our resources behind, take steps to really change how things work in our society and industry, especially agriculture, regenerative farming seems to be somewhere where people should really be focusing their attention. And so to have you on here, man, I mean, first of all, you've got an incredible product, incredible company, but the, the mission and, and the ethos and the philosophy behind it is what really turns me on. So I guess we could start there, man. Um, talking a little bit about, first of all, your company Onda, and then how you came to producing these products in the way that you did and what turned you on to this particular style of farming. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I can't, I can't not mention <clears throat> the fact that I, uh, scrounged up some cannabis seeds in high school in the nineties and took a stab at, you know, growing these beautiful plants out mm. in the woods. I wasn't really, uh, much of a drinker, you know, when all of my friends were trying to scrounge up, uh, alcohol and in high school, I really, the, the medicinal benefits, the recreational benefits early on really resonated with my biology. And, mm. um, I was kind of being cheeky, but when I was a senior in high school, I wrote a research paper about hemp mm. and, and that, that actually really turned me on to the, um, the, the history of this super dynamic and generous crop. Uh, from rope to uh, hemp bioplastics to medicine. And so I remember it was like 99, just to date myself, 2000, I graduated from high school. I wrote this paper and it just kind of has always been in the back of my head, you know, what's going to, when is this going to turn back on? Like mm. when is hemp going to be uh, integrated back into our supply chain in all of its, you know, potential mm -hmm. realized? And, and so, and then, you know, not to give you uh, play by play, but <clears throat> I was in, uh, I worked in regenerative farming on and off in some capacity for the past 12 years or so. And it really started in Napa working with David Mahaffey, uh, my mentor and, and, and uh, boss at the time, who's a winemaker, but was growing food, integrating animals into all aspects of, of the grape growing and, and, and the food. Um, that I just kind of got turned on to agriculture in that mm. sense. And then I was in uh, Colorado working as a director of business development for Jackrabbit Hill Farm, and they were the first uh, certified biodynamic farm, which is kind of, you know, I, I'd say for me, one of the original regenerative ag certifications going back to Rudolf Steiner's teachings. Uh, and that really got me tuned into uh, closed loop system farming, right? Farming in a way where, uh, you're looking to kind of minimize off-farm inputs and build vitality from within so that everything you're producing is is really an expression of that place without, you know, being dependent on, you know, herbicides, pesticides, bringing in a bunch of stuff like that. So 
it was kind of that path through the winemaking, um, uh, farming, and then ranching. And I pulled all of that into Ondo when I started it and thought, well, hemp should be in rotation with food. Mm. And, and hemp could be in this dynamic, biodynamic system of, of food producers. And, and that's been at the core of what we've wanted to do for a long time and, and obviously still still what we do. So I love I don't know. that, dude. Yeah. No, it's good. That's a great start. I mean, what I think, I mean, first of all, you were, we were talking earlier as you were coming in, you've been at Expo West <laughs> for the last what, week or so. Yeah, it was, we were there for four or five days last week. And, you know, we were commenting on, um, how there's still a bunch of junk, <laughs> you know, at this natural food. It's really, it's like a health food expo, right? Of all the health food products. Natural foods <laughs> yeah. Uh, expo, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting because as you get clean and get clear and wake up and become conscious of, these systems where our food comes from and how to take better care of your body and being more aware of the food that you're putting into it. There's even levels to that, you know, of, of you start eating healthier, you start eating organic food and even that stuff, there's a lot of junk if you're not paying attention and, you know, like organic drinks and organic foods and anything packaged and processed and even organic meats. And there's levels to that. And I think for someone who's really, because I think that, and, and this is, a, this is the question for you, I think, and what I'm really interested in getting to the bottom of in this podcast is like the industrial agriculture realm is just destroying the foods that we put into our body. It's destroying the, the soil and the earth, Right. I mean, it's completely unsustainable the way it's been done for the last however many decades. And can you talk a little bit about like, what's the difference between a conventional industrial ag product, food, crop, and something like anything that comes from the regenerative farming process? And what's the difference there after that between the biodynamic and the regenerative farming? If that's, are those interchangeable or is that a different thing as well? Yeah. I mean, I would say like anything that's certified Demeter biodynamic is beyond organic is, is regenerative, but it's not necessarily the other way around. I wouldn't consider, I definitely don't consider anything that is legitimately uh, from regenerative land or farmed using regenerative practices uh, to necessarily be biodynamic, organic, but I guess to start it organic, it's kind of like, you know, what what can we do to support systems that are doing the least harm to the environment, communities, and ultimately ourselves when we ingest them? And it's like, you know, ideally we avoid stuff that's sprayed with toxins, right? I right. mean, there's straight up chemicals, obviously on on these foods that have been a part of this industrial system that have um, created consistency, uh, larger margins, like, you know, it's, it's, it's the closer it's getting to this industrial, uh, factory model, mm -hmm. right. That's that, during the industrial revolution, we, we kind of created the humans created these ways of 
of of you know getting these products out there and what we're finding now is is now it's time to pay the piper and we're seeing the long-term effects both physiologically on humans but also on the planet of what we created in an effort to cut corners and and outsmart nature right that keeps coming up mm. is people using science or or uh, technology <laughs> And listen, like I'm not a total Luddite, although I fantasize about often like just having a flip phone or like write me a letter. Uh -huh. and I'll get back to you in a couple of weeks. But, um, you know, <laughs> the, these things, these things were all created uh, maybe with the best intentions, but we're realizing like they're totally incongruous with natural living system cycles. So it's like if we can support at the bare minimum organic, like real organic, and, and we all know that's been completely diluted, you know, by lobbyists and folks that, that want to put that sticker on their mass produced product. But let's say organic is like, you know, not spraying, you're not consuming as many toxins, you're not supporting that aspect of it. And then you look at regenerative, right? So we hear the word sustainable a lot, right? Mm. Well, if we're sustaining from a baseline that's already low, that's destroying our earth, we're just not doing any worse, mm -hmm. but we can be doing better, right? Mm -hmm. That's the whole point in regenerative. And I'm in these amazing communities, Farmer's Footprint, work with Kiss the Ground, work with Biodynamic Association. And we have these conversations all the time. You know, like what is regenerative, right? Biodynamic is a trademark. You can't put that on your, uh, on your product. It's kind of like kosher. You couldn't put it on your product unless you're certified. Mm. Regenerative is this kind of like a little bit nebulous, like up for interpretation. So- you know, there's a group of people and I think we're collectively trying to steward this potential, right? Mm. It's not about me. It's not about Onda, but what is regenerative? And what, what, what I feel strongly about is, is leaving it better than you found it, right? Uh. Animal impact for us is huge, right? Responsibly grazing and intermingling polyculture, so different species to work with uh, the soil to build up that vitality so that the food and medicine that's being grown there is more vital than ever. Mm. So regenerative is about, yes, you're not spraying and it's, but it's not just cover cropping, right? You're, you're, you're really doing crop rotation. You're integrating animals. You're looking at biodiversity, water retention, all these markers to say, wow, this is up leveling mm. this, this, this place on earth and working with nature, with natural cycles to, to make it more vital. And mm. that vitality gets transferred into us as humans if we're supporting that system. So, I mean, we could spend hours talking about just certifications, which I have a total mixed feelings about, and it's a very complex space, but it gives the consumers, like here we're in a city where you go down to the grocery store and you're like, well, okay, maybe my heart's in the right place. I want to support regenerative. How do I do it? Right. right. Well, you know, best case scenario, you're growing your food or you're buying it from a local ranch, but for urbanites and people in these densely populated areas, how do they bridge that gap to the producer? Some, some certifications are a great start, um, digging into brands that you think are really doing the right thing. Um, but, but really asking those questions, you know, like, is it, is there a crop rotation? Is there, is there animal impact in there? Like, what are they doing to help to regenerate the soil? Um, so anyway, I could spin out in any of these directions, but I think ultimately if we're supporting regenerative, we're going to be happier, you know, mm -hmm. because we're going to be healthier. And biodynamic is a great example of that. You know, it's always been a little kind of niche and little fringe and has a more esoteric celestial aspect to it, which I find fascinating and, and really cool. Yeah. But I've seen it work. I've been, 
I've worked on regenerative ranches, biodynamic farms. You can look across the fence line and you can feel the energy difference. You can mm. feel that where you are is like percolating with life. Uh-huh. And that's what it comes down to is more yeah. life. Yeah. That's a really, I mean, I think it's such an interesting, it's fascinating to me as well. And you hear these stories or just whatever data you read data or you see research or whatever it might be it's all i feel like it's almost becoming a a a cliche in the modern <laughs> world of the nutritional profile of an apple today is like 30% of what it was 20 years ago or something or 50 years ago which is interesting you bring up because I think that is going to be and will be kind of the one of the next real great steps for a conversation with consumers. How does a consumer benefit directly from regenerative, right? Like you could write a check to a nonprofit, a Sierra Club or whatever and be like, oh, I hope it's helping, right? Right. But when you like, for example, support Onda or you support other regenerative brands, you not only are supporting a movement, but you're benefiting personally. And so we're at nutrient density is something we're doing testing with Onda oil as it compares to other CBD oils mm -hmm. so we can see nutrient density. You're going to hopefully be able to go to a grocery store and say, oh my God, this carrot yeah. is like 300 times more nutritious because it comes from a biodynamic farm, because it comes from a verified regenerative farm. Mm. So that's where we're going to be able to hopefully get that traction is like, wow, I'm not only supporting something that's healing land, my body is benefiting from more nutrient density um, so I, I thousand percent, I hope that conversation just becomes more apparent, right? You, yeah. You get to compare it side by side. When, how do we get there? Like, how do we get to that place? And today, right now, Joe Schmo, who lives in LA or New York or some densely populated area, he goes to the grocery store. How does he... I mean, maybe I don't, I don't even, it seems almost like an impossible question. How does he go into a grocery store and decipher which apples come from which farms and which carrots come from which places? And, you know, how much nutrients, how much nutrition is actually available in those things that he's getting? I mean, it's a really hard question to answer because what we're often doing, and this happens across the whole spectrum, is we're trying to take natural living systems and square hole, round peg, whatever it is that we're trying to put that into these frameworks that we've created as humans that don't really naturally align with the way nature works. Mm. And, and I don't mean to like skip the answer, but it's like, no, no, yeah. it's a hard thing to figure out, right? Like, and there's so, probably nothing currently in place that could help a consumer. We're getting there. I uh -huh. think, I mean, I think there's people that are working with nutrient density testing, you know, uh, Jared at, at, at Be Here Farm, like they're working with some folks to really try to quantify things. We don't want to be reductive and yet we still need to meet the consumer where they are, right? We can't yeah. say, like, I can't sit in a grocery store and be like, well, listen, man, it's complex, right? Like, duh, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. like they need to, they're on the phone, their kids are pulling their arm. Uh -huh. like, like they need to be able to say, wow, this is a, and this is where <laughs> certifications can be really helpful because sure. it's a symbol. But it's just not a perfect system. Right. But I think we're making a lot of progress. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of us looking at the same horizon line. And I and I hope that there's a lot more um, collaboration 
because mm-hmm. there's been this kind of division in, in certifications and it doesn't really benefit the consumer if we're all scrapping for, for, for what's best. But um, it, it's a tricky thing to consolidate information uh, into um, a stamp, a seal, and the farmers want to farm. They don't want to build a brand. Right? Right. Like I'm trying to be a link between a farm, a food farm that happens to grow hemp, and a consumer as a way to create a conduit and a bridge. And so, you know, whether it's a brand or it's a certification, there are ways to, to communicate that information. It's just complex as hell. Uh-huh. And, and it's like, I don't know if you, I worked construction one winter in Colorado and it's like, oh, cool. We're just going to fix the soffits here. You pull the soffit back and there's a raccoon back. You're like, oh, damn, there's a raccoon. And then you move that and then like you keep peeling layers and you realize uh-huh. it's really complex. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of smart people that are really working hard to figure out how to um, give consumers the education and give them the power to support. It's just not, it's not simple and it's not super clear. Yeah. And I don't know if that's made it worse or easier. No, no, man. It's, <laughs> it's good. just the reality of it. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things I feel like we don't know what we don't know as as a consumer, as just a regular person, not a farmer. We don't know what we don't know. So the more information we can get, which is, you know, my my hope and my my intention with this podcast is like giving people information that they can then go and expand their knowledge base so then they can even be thinking about this stuff, mm-hmm. right? Would you say that your issue with certifications overall, just the over your overarching issue with it, is that it can be super convoluted with corporate money and influence and that sort of thing? I, I think that could be a part of it. Uh-huh. Um, I, I listen a lot. I ask a lot of questions to our farmers, uh, Kassad Family Farms in Oregon is who we work with. I love to hear their input. I talk to ranchers and farmers all around where I live in Northeast Oregon. And I'm always trying to say, like, well, what's this like for you, right? Mm. Is it too expensive? Oftentimes it is, right? So what you might have is a brand that's got a lot of money uh, or like some sort of a farm that's funded by celebrities or some corporate interest and they can get all the certifications because they can afford it. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I just don't think it's always, you know, just cause someone's certified. Um, I think generally I, I do lean as it being a positive step, but I just don't think it's always, it's always accessible to all farms. And, and I also think that some certifications are a bit prescriptive and say, Oh, well, listen, you didn't check our boxes. Mm. And they're not tuned into the constraints of their environment, their water. Like farming and ranching is so site specific. And it's so hard, once again, to put a living system in a box that says, Hey man, you know, you didn't right. you didn't check these boxes. So I think it's generally a step in the right direction. Like we work with uh, Land to Market, which is a savory institute verification. It monitors land over time. It builds capabilities in the farmers and ranchers to make good decisions. It doesn't say if you don't check these boxes, you aren't regenerative, but none of it's a perfect model, you know? Mm. So I don't know for, for me as a small producer, no investors, no funding, it's expensive to go get a USDA organic certification, you know? So, um, I don't know. I don't know. And then I work, I talk a lot to like Will and Ginny Harris at White Oak Pastures. I don't know if you ever, um, if you, if you've come across their work, they're, they're real leaders in the space. 
they they just love storytelling, right? Uh-huh. So I've had these conversations a lot. It's like, what does it look like for me to just be radically transparent and say, hey, come with us on the Onda journey. This is me grinding up hemp flour, putting it in a column, making some medicine. If you're with us, you're with us. If you're not, nice to have you here. Like, I don't know the answer, and I don't know that there's a substitution for certifications. I just think that, again, it's, it's a, limited. It's, it can be limiting. Yeah. And, and it can Because there could just, be a great farm doing incredible work that doesn't have necessarily the cash flow to get the certification, and then maybe they get overlooked by consumers. Totally. Yeah. And, and at the same time, I've run into brands that are claiming regenerative, and when I ask them, and, and I always say, like, awesome like the all boats rise with the tide like tell me more about your program what's your crop rotation look like what's your animal impact like just trying to geek out and they're like uh uh and i'm like uh okay okay what does that mean to you <sighs> um i used to be a little feistier uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and i'm trying to be more diplomatic um we're not perfect we haven't figured it out but i sure as hell hold the line and i i think that we just have a collective opportunity and I think we need to find a way of, of being inclusive and building each other up and working together, but also saying, listen, you're going to just greenwash the hell out of that word unless, you know, there's a little bit more of an effort to actually walk the walk. We see it all the time. These big brands come in and they say, we'd love that regenerative seal. Uh-huh. You know, can you change the standard for us? Yeah. So it's just like organic and sustainable and every keyword that's been around natural food uh, regenerative is at a real interesting turning point, And there's a lot of very smart, uh, dedicated stewards to this movement that want to see it go forward with the highest integrity. But there's just as many, if not more folks that just want a piece of it and they don't want to actually, they're greenwashing. Uh-huh. So I don't know, you know, I mean. No, I understand what you're saying. I was actually having this conversation with a very good friend yesterday and we were talking about this exact thing in regards to yoga. Mm. Yeah, I bet. And I feel like we're at this time, man, where it's just, there's no room for fucking around anymore, you know? And it's like, Like, when it comes to medicine and systems, if there's no integrity in it, it fucks up the it fucks up the landscape of that thing, mm. you know? And like yoga's taught by you know, every Tom Dick and Harry and Jane, you know, across the the world doing all sorts of things, taking ancient systems and doing it their own way, and if there's not really specifics on the detail and integrity and focus with how the anatomy works and how postures are are cued like you can get people fucking injured right you know and it's the same thing here like you're saying you fucking want you start using this word regenerative farming and you don't actually know what you're talking about and you're not really doing it properly like you're taking something that's really important and world changing like we're we're fucking there man like we need to fucking get our shit together and really start putting our money where our mouth is and taking actions and making decisions in our own lives as individuals that impact the world in a way where our kids and our grandkids are going to have a beautiful place to grow up in, you know? And so it's super important, man, that we have integrity with these things that we're calling 
you know, what they are. Words mean things. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's a fine line because integrity is a really great word to use here because we don't want to be um, isolating in a silo. We want to be inclusive. We want to spread the movement. Thousand but percent. with integrity. Yeah. Like you can't just hand out a pass to any anyone, like you said, and say that you're regenerative. But if you want to learn from some of these these great leaders, it's a ton of indigenous wisdom. It's, a ton, it's, sure. it's old school farming. It's like right. you don't have a lot of resources. So like biodynamic farming, you know, you're packing uh, cow manure in a right. horn and letting it charge through the winter. But also you're just kind of making compost like you can uh-huh. look at it any way you want. And it's because you're using what's on the farm. But anyway, that integrity and, and kind of holding that line is 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 a real delicate place to be. Um but, you know, I had someone at Expo tell me that I'm jaded and, mm. and he's a friend and it was and it was good because it brought up a really nice conversation because I have a, a sales colleague who's younger than me and he's like super fired up and, he, and we're this good combo. But and I was like, you know, I'm not jaded. I'm just I've gone down a lot of roads and, and I've hit a lot of walls and I'm always trying to stay fresh mm. and reinvent my perspective and keep my faith while not making the same mistake three times, you know, Uh twice is cool, but, but that's the balance. (laughs) It's like, how can we stay fresh and keep trying and have this endurance? And, and also when you have a new opportunity, whether it's like hemp and cannabis coming out of prohibition for a hundred years, let's not use the same extractive commodity, industrial templates and models that have ruined, you know, corn, dairy, and beef. Let's, let's put some fresh eyes on a new opportunity and look at more equitable models, more traceability, all these great things. And what you see is people just getting lazy and falling. It's like neural pathways, right? Like rewiring neural pathways. Like we fall into old grooves when you have um, what is an ancient movement, which is regenerative. But when you see it coming into the modern context, how can we do this in a new way? How can we rewrite the model that's going to benefit our children and grandchildren and the earth? And so, you know, people are protective and people are trying to figure out how to do it in a way where it's, it's, um, it's got legs and it's got integrity. Mm. Um, so we'll see, but you know, I could list off some great organizations and, and, and resources for people to, to check into and it's real. And there's a, there's a real sunrise, like there's a real vibrance to, you know, what's happening. It's way more Uh good than bad right now. Yeah. It seems like it. Yeah. Seems super positive and i think it's amazing i mean it's something i'm really excited about and and hungry to learn more about you know um i guess just just to wrap up that convo what are some what are some good resources that someone can start to dive into that would help them get a better grasp of what to look for uh how to go about incorporating more regenerative farmed crops, foods into their, their life. I mean, I think that's a super, that would be super valuable for people. Yeah. So, uh, with Ondo, we're really, uh, friendly with farmers footprint. Uh, we work a lot with them. They're doing things like, um, I think it's like 16 or 18 bucks a month to do a gardening class. So you can tune in. It's my buddy, Greg, who's teaching it. Um, and, and, and it's like, you can learn how to grow some food in a, in a little garden box. Like you might just have a balcony, right? Mm. But, but empowering yourself right. to learn how to grow food, that, that's a real great start. Right? I yeah. can tell you to go buy a bunch of stuff, but also like 
you know, uh, what's it? Teach a man to fish. You know, it's like <laughs> learn how to grow some food, right? Yeah. So farmers get your print, hands dirty. Totally. Yeah. And it's so cathartic and so empowering. Uh, farmers footprint has a bunch of education. They do a lot of profiles uh, of, of great farmers. They're really involved in good advocacy fighting against glyphosate right now. For example, uh, we work really closely with kiss the ground. So they, they have a lot of great resources as well. Obviously they have a documentary that really helped yeah. to popularize an aspect of, um, of regenerative farming. Any, any brands that are, are Demeter certified biodynamic, uh, land to market, which is the Allen Savory, uh, connected with Allen Savory's, um, uh, program, those land to market brands are doing a great job. ROC, which is regenerative organic certification. They're all different and I'm not here to nitpick, but they, they are, they're a part of the movement as well. Um, and, uh, let's see here, the biodynamic association, and I would say any brands that are working in those certifications, any brands that can kind of show you, you know, what they're up to white Oak pastures. If you're down in the Southeast, they do great work. Um, I used to shoot photos for Epic bar back in the day and mm. force of nature. They're doing some cool stuff in Texas. Love that. Um, but I'd say just, just depending on what level of involvement someone wants to be jumping into the education's there, the platforms are there, and then the brands are there who, you know, we're doing a lot of this grunt work to try to pioneer these supply chains and the education. So knowing that if you're going to buy meat, if you're going to buy veggies, if you're going to buy plant medicine, supporting folks like us, because I'll tell you, the system is made for us to fail. Mm. I'm banned for life from PayPal, Venmo. I can't advertise on Google or Instagram or Facebook. I can't get a conventional bank loan. That's mostly like the hemp stuff. Yeah. But still, the regenerative space, like, it, it, you know, the system is made for conventional industrial. It's made for all that old pathways to work. Yeah. So we're fighting the good fight to, to, to try to pioneer these new systems. And the consumers are going to be the ones that make this work. Mm. And we need that connection. And we yeah. love that connection. So, um, you know, we're going to do this together, but we're only going to do it if we're if we are, you know, connected. So. Oh, that's such a good point, man. I love that. And, um, you know, it really rang, it, it, it rang, it resonated for me. What you said about hemp cannabis coming out a hundred years of prohibition and there's this fresh opportunity to do it well. Yeah. You know, and I mean, dude, we're in LA, which is like the Mecca. <laughs> Don't get me started. Yeah. The mecca of of wreck wreck cannabis, and <laughs> there's so much shit, dude. You know, just like like you can tell how much chemicals or this stuff is laced with. You know, I mean, for me, anytime I go to a, a dispensary, which is very few and far between nowadays, actually, uh, our good buddy who you know, I'll say his name, Jared, he hooked me up with some incredible biodynamic cannabis. That's mm. just like, it's phenomenal, you yeah, know? It's different. They they wouldn't even sell that in a store here, though, because it's probably not high enough THC and it's not all this stuff. Robo-weed. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and I think you're totally right on. And man, the products of Onda are just out of this world spectacular. I mean, I've gotten to use... The whole hemp CBD, the Adios Anxiety, which is maybe one of my favorite CBD tinctures I've ever taken in my entire life. Because um, you can feel it working. 
right? the solid sleep, man. No, there's no melatonin in there. There's literally, I mean, I'll let you list the, the entire ingredient profile, but it's literally like just as good as it gets herbs and maybe some adaptogens, but it's got like chamomile and um, the other one. It's just so calming and soothing and like deep sleep, restful sleep, wake up, not groggy, ready to go. Um and it's a big deal, man. And in a world where CBD is just, when I came out of the NFL in 2015, one of the first things I did, I fell into, I very organically fell into cannabis advocacy. Because for me as a football player dealing with concussions and all sorts of physical trauma, I felt the pills completely wreaking havoc on my body. I did the thing with opiates and Vicodin and Percocet. After surgeries, waking up after three days of prescribed use, two or three o'clock in the morning with severe withdrawal symptoms, cannabis was always something I could come to that relieved my mental, emotional, and physical stress in my body that could help me decompress from a long day of the grind, could help me wake up the next day feeling recovered and rejuvenated. So I very organically fell into cannabis advocacy coming out of football. I went... First, one of the first things I did, I spoke at this cannabis convention in Phoenix back in, this was like fall of 2016, no, fall of 2015, and I didn't really even know what I was talking about at that time as far as the science and the history of the plant goes. I had been functioning just on intuition and instinct that this stuff this plant was helping me heal. It was, it was helping me deal with the pain and the stress of, of my job. And which was confusing for me as a player, because here I'm being handed these pills from a, from a team trainer, a doctor, which is like the culturally accepted remedy. And they were just making me feel insane and like shit, tearing up my digestive system, et cetera. And then there's this thing that was, in my understanding, this back alley street drug party thing that I wasn't supposed to be doing, especially as a pro football player. And yet this thing, this back alley street drug, was helping me deal with all the pain and helping me recover and making me feel more available to my life, to to myself as an athlete, to my family and friends, etc., and so I was speaking on that, speaking to this this auditorium of 700 people, of military vets and cancer survivors and people with all sorts of issues and traumatic brain injury survivors and all these people. And I finished talking, and then the guy who had invited me, his name's Kyle Turley, another ex-NFL guy, played 10-plus years in the NFL as an offensive tackle, and he starts talking about the endocannabinoid system starts talking about the federal government's patent on cannabinoids as neuroprotectants and antioxidants. And it just fucking blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And it lit this spark inside. And I, I recognized that I was exactly where I needed to be. And I needed to gather as much information about this stuff as I possibly could. Because frankly, I had been lied to. I had been completely lied to. And all of my... My my intuition was completely validated in like a five-minute segment of someone telling me the facts. 
you know? And so here we are. So I come out, I get involved with some people. I wanted, I want to be this, this pillar of information to bring this product, make it accessible to people. So I started a CBD company with some guys and it was a great, it was a great experience on a number of levels. Uh, first of all, I realized I just, I'm not, uh, I'm not a company guy at all. <laughs> and, I'm not either. <laughs> yeah. And I figured, and, um, it wasn't really, you know, while they were well-intentioned for them, it was very much about getting in on this fucking booming industry. Yeah. Right. Gold rush. Green rush. The green rush. Yeah. For me, it was about spreading this message of a medicine that had had a really powerful impact on my life. And I'm a big fan of THC as well. However, at that time, I recognized pretty quickly like CBD is just such a accessible way to get this thing to people who might be scared of the, the getting high thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, there's just, you know, from then to now, I mean... There's thousands of CBD products. There's thousands of cannabis products. CBD is few and far between as far as ones that have any efficacy at all, that aren't just completely void of any nutrient density whatsoever. And not only that, I think not only are are your products highly potent, but you're also blending them with super intricate and special combinations of other herbs and adaptogens. And I think it's just an amazing thing you're doing, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah. And I, I want to say that um, before we get into just, you know, obviously you were inclined to this. As a high school kid who wrote a paper on the history of hemp. Which, to me, that in itself is a fucking incredible story, you know? Um, The British Navy is one of their most important crops. And during, in the 1700s, 1600s, the British Navy, maybe a little later than that. What was the war that was fought? Napoleon cut off the shipping line from Russia to the UK uh, because, and basically he was cutting off the supply of hemp. Oh, I should know this, I guess, but I don't remember. That it's okay. My, it's okay. I used to know this <laughs> by year, heart 20 years ago, but yeah. Jesse Ventura wrote, wrote an incredible book, marijuana manifesto, mm. which mm. I highly recommend. It's yeah. a fucking fantastic book details. The history, the science, everything in between, the U.S. government, how they've just wreaked havoc on this plant. And and the corporate interests that, that were a part of suppressing it. You know, Absolutely. The, the Hearst family, the DuPonts. Like, a thousand percent, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in New York City, uh, cannabis was, in the 1930s, cannabis and... and uh, you know, hashish parlors were were a booming industry. Yeah, it's not a new thing. No. And it's actually arguably the oldest cultivated crop on the planet. Yes. I mean, China, there's, you know, dating back about 10,000 years in ancient China. Mm-hmm. I mean, hemp was being used. 
by the emperors and and everyone in between. Um, but what what was it that? Because you go on your journey, you do your trip, you're really getting your hands dirty. You're moving. It sounds like you spent a lot of time in agriculture, and that was always something that really called to you. Was working the earth, farming, which I think is such an incredible and and lost art at least for people in the city, you know, not to have a connection to the, to the earth where your food is coming from, which is something that is starting to become more and more apparent to me in my own life, just as far as living in LA. Mm -hmm. Um, because I want that, you know, I want that connection. I want to see where my food's coming from, Yeah, you know? Um, but how did you come, how did you get to this place where Onda was, was the thing that, you were pouring your, your heart and your soul into. It's wild to think about, but you know, I was working as a photographer at the time and I, I really wanted to, uh, I was really open to kind of whatever my next endeavor was going to be. That was going to allow me the potential to, you know, grow a business and hopefully be able to buy a home one day. And I felt like I was really, I was doing well as a photographer, but it was super hard. And, um, I don't, I don't really, we don't really share this openly in the messaging around the company, but, um, I had a dear friend, May, who, uh, she passed of a seizure and, uh, mm. it's been about seven years. And after she passed, she, she was using cannabis to help mitigate and kind of, uh, support and treat some of her, ep- uh, epileptic uh-huh. symptoms. Yeah. And after she passed, I, I had a, I had a message, a vision from her that I was going to work with her parents mm. and I don't take those lightly. I, I try to, I, I've had some kind of weird prophetic dreams over the years that I try to pay attention to. One of them was, I had a dream of nine 11, two nights before it happened. And I had a Come conversation on. with my roommates at the time about how lucky we are to be on us soil and that would never happen to us. And then two days later it did. That was, that was when I, Try, that's when I gave my intuition and some of those uh, prophetic dreams or visions um, a little bit more credence. Yeah, and and that was that's shock- a whole pod in itself. Yeah, bro. that was shocking, and it wasn't an isolated thing. We had a conversation. Uh, people were there. We talked about it. So I do believe in paying attention to those things. I don't. I mean, you have to decide what you make decisions based on. Uh-huh. But nonetheless, May was very strong in her messaging after she passed. And so I was actually flying from Los Angeles back to Colorado and I had some homemade CBD oil and I mixed it and I was kind of had a cold and I was tired. I was a little hungover and I mixed it with like (laughs) all the stuff I had, right? Like herbs, vitamins. And I was like, man, I'm just making this bad max concoction and I'm going to get on the damn plane and see what happens. And I was just like, do, 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 do. I was just like floating and I like get on the plane and I'm, I'm like, damn, this is a really comfy seat says no one. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're so bad. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so comfortable. And I looked to the lady next to me and I was having this really crisp conversation. I, my, my, my focus was good. I felt the cannabis. Uh-huh. I didn't feel the THC. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is it. Like whatever this feeling is, this is almost like this adaptogenic experience where I could sleep really well, but I was clear enough to read. And I was like, this is a very unique experience with this cannabis plant that I love so dearly. Yeah. And so I called her parents up and I said, Hey, and this was before CBD was CBD, right? This was 2016. Yeah. And I said, do you think that these other kind of quote unquote minor cannabinoids are going to find a place 
in the market where we can, you know, make medicine out of these other parts of the plant. Mm. And they said, yeah, we think so. And they, they had a, a dispensary in Colorado and, and they said, we have a friend who's like experimenting with some stuff. Let's talk to him. And so, you know, I just kind of, Onda was a placeholder name. I'm a, I love the word. I, I met a woman in South America who one time said, Tiene buen ondas, like you have good energy. And I love the look of the word, and I love the idea of rippling effect and energy cycles and waves. What does onda mean? It means wave, vibration, no. ripple, energy. Dumb. Yeah. Say less, brother. <laughs> oh, and it's such a beautiful, the letters are so beautiful. Um, so, you know, I, I just kind of, we went with it. And um, that was, yeah, that was six years ago we started. And, uh, you know, we started it with a couple thousand dollars and I did all of the kind of branding, design, messaging, all that stuff. She was uh, super crucial in the the operations and, and the billing and that side of it. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was an experiment, right? Like it was still federally illegal. Mm. And we had to form like a shell company in the UK. We had to do all this weird stuff. Wow. But I knew it was going to help people, uh-huh. you know? So we, we stuck with it for a while. And I mean, I could spend hours telling you about what we've gone through and what we've just been suffering. We've, we've been suffering from these just massive restraints. But ultimately, yeah. you know, to at the end of the day, we want people to trust their intuition. We want people to trust their bodies and know that they literally have a system inside them yeah. that is made to interact with some of the gifts of this plant. Yeah, You know, it's like we've been told ibuprofen, NyQuil, DayQuil, all this stuff at the profit and the benefit of these companies mm. when in fact, you know, we have co-evolved with whole plant medicine. And that's that's what we want to do is help reintroduce with with integrity and authenticity and wholeness, freshness, um, these plants and herbs to help people kind of take the edge off life, you know, mm. be the best you know, athlete you can be, be the best parent you can be. And, and just know that, yeah, of course, if you need ibuprofen, take ibuprofen. We're not dogmatic, Mm. but if you want to save your liver a little bit, like you can offset it with some whole hemp oil or, you know, take, take the sleep formula instead of, instead of NyQuil and, and, and consider the longevity of your liver and the rest of your body, because you're just tuning into whole plant nutrients. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's been the weirdest, wildest thing I've ever done because I have to come back to trust in the vision, what I was told, uh, what my body says. And, and then you look at the history, right? Like we've been using these plants for a long time. I'm not real interested in the junk, the shatter, the growing in greenhouses, the using a ton of energy, pumping yeah. them full of steroids and all this fake stuff. Like yeah. Hemp sequesters 10 times the amount of carbon per acre as, as most trees, the average tree. Right. So we've got the ability to sequester carbon, use hemp as a financial and ecological bumper crop for food producers. If someone, if a farmer is making 1200 bucks profit per acre on hay and they can profit 10 to $20,000 per acre on hemp, why not put hemp in rotation with carrots, potatoes, corn, and hay, mm. right? So there's so much potential for us to rewrite the narrative on how this crop is integrated. Um, again, assuming we can connect with the, the people uh-huh. you know, and tell that message and we aren't stifled like we, we have been. So, I love that. Um, Onda, what do you guys do that's different? What sets you apart from other CBD companies, other products in, in the wellness realm? 
I think the analogy that really resonates with a lot of people is, you know, why drink emergency powder if you could drink fresh squeezed orange juice, mm. right? So when we when we look at holistic uh, farming, when we look at uh, holistic living uh, communities, those models are paralleled in in food, right? You you talk about nutrient density in in your carrots. Well, why wouldn't you be consuming cannabis medicine that has the most nutrient dense dynamic profile? So thousand percent. So instead of making extracts and isolates and broad spectrum and that stuff, which is a much narrower band, I'm grinding whole flour and then doing a slow proprietary percolating infusion process. So think mm. about like tea. You're putting whole plants in water, right? Mm. I'm putting whole hemp flour beautiful, sticky, smelly, delicious flour in this column. And then I run MCT or olive oil, depending on what I'm making, through it slowly with a little bit of heat. And then I press it and I get this dark green. I mean, you can look. You can see it. You can tell, man. It's like we're humans. We have senses. Trust that. Trust that it's not clear. It's not yellow. And Uh most CBD products are because they've been sliced and diced and overprocessed. So the farming is at the high. And I learned this in the wine business. The farming is at the highest level. And I try not to fuck it up on the way to the bottle. (laughs) Right? Honor those nutrients and and, and carry them into the bottle in the most gentle way so that you've got terpenes, polyphenols, chlorophyll, plant sterols, cannabinoids, all this, all this yeah. stuff, man. It, it's all there. So that's why people say, oh, wow, this is what I thought it would feel like. This, mm. is, this, is what, this is what my body is resonating with because Onda is doing a slow infusion process with beautiful regenerative hemp. And that's, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Like that's, that's what makes it different, and that's what will continue to separate us from, you know, someone in New York City that like wants to have a CBD brand and calls up a co-packer and they turn something out with a pretty package. Mm. Um, it's a big deal, man. It's it feels a big right. Deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. Even that in and of itself, the fact that that is your philosophy, that's your approach to the product because all of that is being infused into it as well. You know, that care, that honoring of the plant. And the ingredients and letting them shine, you know, I mean, that that in and of itself is just. It's almost a miraculous action to take in a world where everything is just like package it up, get it on a shelf, sell it at you the know? biggest profit you can. Make. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Um uh, I love that, dude. And it comes through. It comes through in the products. Like you can feel that when you're taking the stuff. And it's it's awesome. Um so segue from there into this this idea that you you just brought up, which I think is such a it's such a great way to go. And it's something that I'm really passionate about myself. I talk about not living in fear a lot uh, and it's become pretty clear to me in my own mindfulness and my own spiritual practice. At the end of the day, man, we're making decisions out of love or fear. And if you wake up every morning and you make every decision from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed, you're making those decisions out of fear. The trajectory of your life is going to speak to that. Like where you end up, 
one year, five years, 10 years from now, it's going to speak to the decisions that you've made. And that's really what it's about. That's how we create the life that we want to be living. If you make wake up every day and you make a decision like, I'm not going to make decisions out of fear. I'm going to make decisions out of love. And in a world where we're constantly being bombarded and spoon-fed this apocalyptic narrative, like we're fucked, the world's coming to an end, it's all shit. Uh, there's so many ways to go with that. You know, people are living in a fucking low state, constant state of fear, a low state of fight or flight. Neurochemically, you're pumping a lot of cortisol, a lot of adrenaline, a lot of stress hormones, man. Your amygdala's on overdrive. And literally, just because of the shit that you're deciding to spend your mind space on. And so it's like, it's not about sticking your head in the sand and going, it's all butterflies and rainbows and good and. It's all good. It's all love. love no, that's not what that's it is. That's my favorite. Yeah, the love and light shit. And I love that. It's great. Love and light. Great. Love it. It's great. However, reality is there's a lot of darkness. So what is the tangible, what's the practical process or what's the pra- what are the practical things we can do to create a more positive world? A more love and light-filled reality is it's about the fucking decisions we make. That's where the rubber meets the road. It's about how we're living, you know? And so when you said, you know, it's not just about regenerative farming, man. It's about, like, regenerative living. Mm. And and <laughs> curating your life in a way that makes you... that that makes you or you start to make those decisions and take those actions that uplift your well-being in ways that aren't just about necessarily the foods you're eating or how you're you're choosing to exercise or whatever those things are while those are important it's like you're up leveling your life experience in a way that's actually making these like bigger jumps these this bigger impact on your overall well-being, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the decisions, right? Like, yeah. It's, I, I don't know, I think about, there's times where I do want to be a Luddite, I do want to just shut off to the world because it can feel overstimulating for a lot of us, that, right? Like yeah, we, totally. We choose to, a lot of us, be on social media to to, to, to play into this reality. And as, 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 much as you can focus on the toxicity and the overstimulation and the excess, my parents never had access to the tools right. that we have access to. We have access to so many tools, frameworks, um, healthy ways of living, uh, but we have to exercise willpower and decision, restraint, structure. I'm speaking for myself and, and some of us maybe in order to to choose and make the decisions to not go down the dark path uh-huh. and to go down the path, uh, harness, embrace, be a part of communities that are, are gaining access to these tools of empowerment, these tools of knowledge, these tools of connection. Um, you know, it's a beautiful time to be alive if you choose for it to be. Right. Because I've been, I've struggled with depression a lot of my life. Big I time. had Me. What, yeah. What's that? You too? Um, yeah. 
Depression's a lifetime dance partner. I know. Me, and, and there was a time, and I'll be honest, last summer where, where I hit a stride of darkness that I started to spiral into beating myself up thinking, well, you meditate and you're, you, how are you back in this zone again? I thought you were cured like this. My, and it was ego. And yeah. it was so, and I had an ego death and I saw my business struggling and I saw these things happening. And the short of it is I, I hit the bottom and I came back through, uh, in a way that I've could have never imagined or, or maybe I, I don't know. And so uh -huh. now everything's better than ever, right? The business yeah. is thriving and I'm meeting people without the judgment I had in the past. Mm. And I look back and I think, man, you were like, that was fear or that was ego. And that was this edginess and mm. there's, there's a rebirth. So, you know, I think one, we have a lot of tools and a lot of access, whether it's podcasts, online meditations, uh, plant medicine to kickstart us. And there's times where yeah. we need the support. Um, and, 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 and that's what I see as a big difference for me since that kind of bit of a, a rough spot last summer is, is a decision mm. is a choice. And it's not, it's not glazing over. It's not a yeah. fake inauthentic fake it till you make it. But the business is the business. The reality, the world is, you know, always kind of changing, but it's still there. But I've done inner work. Yeah. And, and I'm a part of a, and I have to give credit to this business group that I'm a part of, which it turns out is more than just a business group. It's uh, called Renourish Studio. And it's Lauren Tucker, who was one of the co-founders of Kiss the Ground. And some folks from Regenesis, which is Carol Sanford's work, Regenerative Living, Regenerative Business. Because Love I was that. I was coming into this thinking regenerative is just about the farm and the sourcing. And it is. But also, how can you run a business from a regenerative farm that's doing all these things, creating, in my case, herbal plant medicine that's supposed to help people based on all these values, but I was trashing myself, mm. running myself into the ground, uh -huh. right? This martyr, Sisyphusian <laughs> bullshit, pardon me. Yeah. And, 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 and I realized like, Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the hill. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to use my masculine energy to force this vision into reality because I see it and it makes sense. All coming from heart, right. all coming from the place of uh -huh. like, I want to see regenerative yeah. agriculture, you know, good stuff. Yeah. But I was like, I was hitting it with almost like this. Just the same paradigm you did, you know, 20 years ago with what, it, like for me, that would have been my NFL career. Yeah. You know, and then like, here I am teaching yoga and meditation and I'm doing the same. I'm having the same approach. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to grind it, man. Well, and it's the same in regenerative food systems, uh -huh. right? They're saying, well, we're a regenerative food company. And it's like, well, you look under the hood and it's like, yeah, but it's the same model and same structure or in cannabis, mm -hmm. right? They're using the same model and the same structure of commodity industrial systems that have wrecked us. Mm. So the same, that was, that's been one of my biggest kind of revelations in the last bit is like regenerative living. Uh -huh. You have to have that consideration of how you're working in your community. How do you show up? How do you communicate when you're, when you're tired, do you rest? Yes. So that's a massive one, dude. right? Cause if you're fine, massive. the parallel would be oh, well, let's pump it full of steroids and get another crop out this year. Well, the soil's tired. Right. And you're going to kill it in the long run. Well, I was killing myself in that same uh, process. So interesting. It is. And yeah. it's like, it's such an obvious thing to talk about. I'm yeah. almost embarrassed. But, you know, we come to these realizations maybe at the right time, hopefully before it's too late, because I was at the edge. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just at the tip of the iceberg of studying some of these frameworks around how do I come to a problem? There's all these 
literal like tetrads and frameworks that I can use as an exercise in the mindset of regenerative living, like the, like not the non-hero, like this, this, this concept of, of water is strong. Like you think rock, Mm. right? You think the rocks, the strong part, but water just doesn't stop and it, it can grind that rock all the way down. So I'm approaching life with more patience, more pace. And, and that to me in my journey is just the tip of the iceberg of regenerative living is, is reframing the way I see things and considering, you know, different types of capital is another example. Mm. In the CPG world, every investor comes to me and they're like, we're ESG, we're impact, we're regenerative. And they still ask the same damn questions. Can you scale in five years so we can sell it? Uh And I'm thinking like, dude, it's the same model. You're just claiming different stuff. Right. Like, what does it look like to value more than financial capital? Like, what is my community health? What's my social capital? You know, what, what about environmental and built capital? my mind is being blown by this regenerative uh, business group and regenerative systems thinking. And I, I want to think it's like what has given me a second lease on, you know, I'm six years into a business and I've been really tired and now I'm coming into a whole new stride. And I would invite everyone to look at that. I mean, regenerative farming, regenerative agriculture is a super viable solution to a lot of the climate issues and health issues we're having. And then what's the inner work, right? Uh-huh. I know you spend a lot of time in that space. And these parallels, like it, it transcends into how we show up every day. Thousand percent, dude. Such an interesting thing you just said there about if I'm tired, I need to rest. And that's like so revol that's been revolutionary for me as well, man. I still fight it. Like learning, Noah and I talk about this and and Noah has been, and it's inspired me one day a week, take a Sabbath, dude. Have one day a week where you just rest. It's intentional rest. Super important thing. I know. And to think that the systems that feed us don't even recognize that. The old systems, the failing systems of industrial agriculture, like, you know, the soil's tired and deficient. Well, let's fucking juice it up and get another few crops out of it. Got to hit those marks, man. Fuck it. <laughs> you know? And man, how that literally destroys the soil, that destroys us. That creates a lot of inflammation. That creates a lot of chronic illness. That creates a lot of stress when you're exhausted and you're like, you know what? Let me pop another Adderall. Let me drink another coffee. Power through it, bro. I'll fucking power through it. It's fine. I'll be fine. Yeah, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know? <laughs> How many times that's been said and it's like, okay, sure. Well, that's going to be your reality. You know, you'll you'll blow yourself out completely. Um. And so much of it just has to do with listening, you know, like listening to where you're at, man. Like you're tired. Okay. What do I need? I need to rest today. need to lie down. Yeah. And trusting yourself and being compassionate. Oh, that's a big deal, man. That's a big deal. And just to think about how, I mean, in America in particular, we're just conditioned that that's weakness. That's oh man, especially in the masculine paradigm, it's like it's grind culture. Yeah, and and listen, I love athletics. Like I used to race mountain bikes. My dad taught me about endurance, but real endurance 
isn't pounding that extra cup of coffee and grinding. It's about pacing. Thousand percent. Yeah. Dude. Like I remember he used to always tell me I'd just start sprinting up a hill and he's like, you got it. Like check your pace. Like think about the long run, mm. you know? And I think about, I thought about that the other day and I almost teared up uh-huh. because he didn't maybe know what he was teaching me, but he's teaching me to, to, to trust my body and to slow down and to, to make it a long game, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And that's what's going to weed out the jokers and used car salesmen and the green rush people is people that aren't committed in their heart and they're not committed to, you know, a real regenerative future collectively. Mm-hmm. And that's just a part of it. Like little steps. Yeah. Yeah. Thousand percent, dude. Um, man, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Cool. Yeah, man. Um, do you want to, why don't you let everybody know where they can find your stuff and we'll have it all in the show notes, links and such, but yeah, just give a shout out, man. Yeah. We're on the wellness.com and you can find us online. We do a lot of direct consumer stuff. Uh, find us in stores around, uh, Los Angeles, um, all over the country really. Um, but, uh, yeah, subscribe, you know, we like to take care of the folks that commit to us. We commit to them and, uh, we'll ship it to your door. Awesome brother. Yeah. Uh, greatly appreciate you, man. Likewise. Thanks for being here. Onda can't say enough good things about them. Check them out. Um, that's about it y'all lots of love to you guys have an excellent rest of your day and we'll see y'all on the flip side peace